the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on 98.9 The Answer in Columbus, 94.5 The Answer in Dayton. Uh, we applaud the efforts of the Central Christian Church and the Clark County Law Enforcement Advisory Team. They are planning a special service project to honor the late Clark County Sheriff's Deputy Matthew Yates. Uh, Officer Yates, Deputy Yates, lost his life on July the 24th when he tried to storm into a house trailer to save a woman who was, he believed, in danger from the person inside. Deputy Ace was shot and killed. Uh, people from his unit tried to get into him, but he laid there for hours, and he died on his way to the hospital. The memorial services for Deputy Yates um, could not have been more glowing in their praise of his impact on the community. And so, in keeping with the impact that he made, uh, the service project on August the 29th at Central Christian Church on Villa Road in Springfield, and I would assume that is where Deputy Yates worshipped, uh, they will be packing a 1,000 meals for Ukrainian refugees for each of Matthew Yates' 15 years of service to Springfield and Clark County. Uh, here's a comment from uh, Senior Pastor Carl Ruby of the Central Christian Church. Deputy Yates should be remembered not only for how he died, but more so for how he lived project will ensure Deputy Yates' legacy of serving people whose lives are in danger, uh, lives both here in Springfield and among those fleeing the war in Ukraine. So uh, if we hear anything about how you can give to that effort, uh, we will let you know on our Facebook page. You can always watch the show on our Facebook page. Search uh, The Hooley Show and you will find that. Now, Dayton is stealing a page from Columbus when it comes to crime. Uh, Dayton police are warning that a TikTok challenge is creating a storm of stolen Kia and Hyundai vehicles. Well, get in line behind Columbus, my friend, because they have been vanishing off the streets of Columbus in droves, part of our expected 10,000 car thefts in Columbus this year. We've covered this before. Kias and Hyundais, from about, I'm going to say 2012 to about 2019, uh, have a design flaw. I'll try to be purposefully vague, they have a design flaw that makes it very easy for thieves to steal them. And so Dayton police are scrambling to figure that out and get that under control. Uh, We had a barricade situation today in Columbus on the um, West Broad Street uh, Hilltop Avenue area. Guy called 911 several times overnight, wouldn't come out of the house. Deputies arrived. He started to threaten them. Uh, he was taken into custody shortly after 6 a.m. So that's a good thing that nobody was hurt in that. Now, we had a weird occurrence in Dayton over the weekend. They had some kind of a carnival uh, in Moraine. Carnival breaks up. The 
the uh, roadies pack up. And you know how these rides, like, fold up and you see them sometimes going down the highway being <laughs> pulled by a truck. Well, well, uh, they didn't identify what kind of ride it was. But one of the rides in uh, Dayton, according to WDTN television, uh, went missing over the weekend. They packed it all, got it ready to go on uh, Sunday night, came back to get it on Monday morning. It was gone. It was gone. Now, do you think somebody stole that for what? A little late for a graduation party, maybe a wedding? They want the scrambler at their wedding. They didn't identify what the ride was. The scrambler, the tilt-a-whirl, Ferris wheel. If you see one, if you see one in a neighbor's backyard, you might you might want to call Dayton Police and let them know uh, that the ride is missing. Uh, this uh, ride is a property of Bluegrass Rides. They were hired for an event at the Mandalay. On Saturday. But again, they don't tell us what the ride was and they don't have a picture of it. Obviously, they don't have a picture of it because it's been stolen. I, I wouldn't you rather steal like a boatload of uh, stuffed animals or something that you could. Uh, it would seem to me that a, that a ride would be a little hard to fence if you're uh, an individual interested in doing such a thing, which I hope none of you are. I presume none of you are. Now, none of you, uh, I mean, some of you may be renters. You're not all homeowners. And uh, the pandemic has, uh, well, it's been the first domino to fall in what has become an escalating rent situations of apartments and private homes around the country. Because a lot of people relocated during the pandemic. They moved to places like Austin and Nashville uh, and if you were really crazy, really woke, you moved to Seattle. I can't imagine why anybody would want to move to that move to that cesspit. But supposedly Seattle grew during the pandemic, and they say that rents in those areas are up nearly fifty percent year over year. Nashville, I can believe, there's a crazy number of people moving to Nashville every year. But Nashville and Seattle could not be more different when it comes to their political cultures and their safety downtown. But what's it like here in Ohio? Uh, A study has been done by the Coalition on Homelessness and Housing in Ohio. And they find that rents in Franklin, Delaware, Fairfield, Licking, Madison, and Pickaway counties are becoming problematic. That you need to earn about $20 an hour in order to afford a decent two-bedroom apartment. A decent two-bedroom apartment. And they say that only two of 10 of the top 10 occupations are earning that salary. I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. I can't believe that the rates of pay are that low because, you know, I watch the White House every day comment about life in America, and all I hear from the White House is wages are up. Wages are up. They never talk about, oh, by the way, rents are up too. And yeah, rents are up uh, more than wages. Have you gotten a 12.4% raise lately? Neither have I. But rents across Ohio increased an average of 12.4% last year. Hmm. Fair market rent in Ohio for a two-bedroom apartment is $887 a month. $887 a month. Now, my frame of reference on this is limited because it has been 
wow, 30 years since I had to rent an apartment in Columbus. When I first moved to Columbus in 1988, I rented a two-bedroom townhouse on Bethel Road across from the Kroger, and it was $565 a month. Two-bedroom townhouse. So I had a basement, I had two bedrooms up with a bathroom, and I had a living area and a kitchen downstairs. And I had covered parking, not a garage, no door. But that was a townhome. I'm I'm guessing that's like way above 887 now. 887 is like an apartment like we see so much of. Does it seem to you like it seems to me that these ginormous apartment complexes are popping up all over Columbus? All over. And not just, you know, downtown, not just on the edges of town. I remember taking my daughter out to play soccer way out east, out in the middle of a field. Boom, that's what they're building. That's what they're building. And this is not going to stop, by the way. This is not going to stop because Gen X and Gen Z, the one that followed the millennial generation, they're the ones who are going to benefit from the explosion of Intel. I was having breakfast this morning with a gentleman who has been deeply involved in the recruitment of Intel and is still heavily involved in making sure that Intel gets everything that it needs, uh, suppliers, all those kinds of things. And one of the big needs going forward is housing. That's one of the big needs going forward. Where are we going to put all these people who are coming here to work for Intel, to work the 7,000 construction jobs, to work the suppliers, who some of whom want to be right across the street from Intel, some of whom can be some distance away, maybe as far away as uh, Zanesville, Newark. So the whole area is going to explode around Intel. And I told you I spoke in New Albany at the 1776ers a couple of weeks ago, and the New Albany mayor was saying that ultimately, ultimately, the allowance of such explosive growth will be upon various township trustees, uh, mayors, city councils, they have to green light this kind of growth. You do need, you know, building permits and zoning changes and that like. But, but the reality of it is money makes things happen. If you're a farmer and you have a 70-acre farm or a 700-acre farm, if by the luck of the draw, it's in that area, I can't imagine anyone being resistant enough to the development because it's going to come all around you. What are you going to be like the one rural green space in a jungle of concrete with Intel suppliers and Intel and all the different factories they're going to build? I don't think that's practical. So the area is going to explode, which means apartments, townhouses, condos, they're going to explode too because, look, you need a ton of people to live there. This is the issue they're facing in Gahanna. So to solve the housing crisis that we were chatting about before the uh, Salem news break, uh, some cities, Upper Arlington, which they don't really figure into the Intel thing, they're on the opposite side of town, but Gahanna, well, their option is can't grow out, don't have any more land, got to grow up. 
I don't mean grow up in maturity. I mean grow up vertically. Any building that they can knock down that's a two-story to make a four-story, five-story, they'll do it. They'll do it. This is what's going to happen. So you're going to have more people living on top of each other, uh, in close proximity to each other, and it's just a part of the different way that the future will appear. I wouldn't want to live that way. I like living out rurally. I like having some space. I like having property that I can take care of and get some, you know, great outdoors in my backyard. But that's not everybody's thing. And here's another thing. It's one of the newest trends out there that I just can't get on board with. The proliferation of meal delivery services. Now, I'm not talking about good ranchers and stuff like that where they send you things and you cook them. I'm talking about ordering your food from a restaurant and having it delivered by a driver. Uber Eats, DoorDash, whatever. I Now, look. I haven't done it, but I'm skeptical of the condition of the food upon arrival. How could it possibly be close to the quality in freshness or uh, heat or whatever that it would be if it came straight out of the kitchen? I know a lot of restaurants have done very, very well, and they've probably perfected ways to serve it, ways to package it and all that. I'm just saying it's not my cup of tea. And I wonder if there is uh, now a new convert to my side of this particular issue, given the fact that a Columbus man recently found a surprise at the bottom of the bag of food that he had ordered to be delivered by DoorDash uh, one week ago today. He looked in the bag, and at the bottom was another bag filled with marijuana. Hello. (laughs) Now, what would you do? If you opened up your delivery order and at the bottom of the bag was not ranch dressing or some other uh, condiment, but was a bag of marijuana, well, you did. You would do what he did. He called the cops. And then there was a knock on his door, and it was his DoorDash driver. And the person tells ABC6, He said he would give me my money back and refund me my order if I gave him my entire bag back. Hmm. Because he claimed it was medicine in the bag for his friend that was to be used for medical reasons. A likely story. Now, I'm curious. Let's say this guy picked up food for his customer at, uh, well, I won't use a name brand restaurant. Let's say he picked it up at, we'll make up a restaurant, at... uh, Josephine's Homemade Kitchen. I'm assuming there is no such establishment in Columbus or Dayton. You pick up the bag of food at Josephine's home, home, Homestead Kitchen, and you deliver it to somebody. Don't you have to put the weed in the bag with the food? Like, did that come from Josephine's? Because the drivers, as I understand this, the drivers don't work for the restaurant. They work for DoorDash. Don't they deliver from a multiplicity of restaurants? So somehow the guy had to put the weed in the bag of food. Was there a cop coming? Somebody was inspecting his delivery hall? I'm intrigued by this. Why would you put the weed in the bag of food? Nevertheless, it got delivered to the guy who then submitted a police report. DoorDash says this dasher will no longer be able to deliver future orders on DoorDash. Hmm, you think? 
So uh, maybe you'll get a surprise in the bottom of your uh, bag of food if you order from DoorDash. Who knows? Thank goodness that was not delivered to a group of teenagers at a party. My guess is they would not have called the cops, uh, depending on the uh, the moral backbone of the teenagers. Uh, there is no lack of moral backbone, sometimes among adults. Case in point, Dateline Minneapolis, where the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers Union and the school district have reached an agreement on a contract. Yay! We know what that's like, right? It's no fun to be at odds. Your school board and your teachers union, you got a bunch of kids in Columbus, 47,000 of them, not sure they can go back to school on August the 24th. A bunch of people playing sports at your city schools, football, soccer, cross country, golf. Hey, congratulations, kids. You get to do the preseason practice and the hard work, and you get one week of games in, and then, sorry, we're going on vacation. Oh, I mean, we're striking, and your season's over. No, we don't want that. We want agreements. However, however, this Minneapolis teachers agreement, well, it's a little creative. I hope they don't sign one like this in Columbus. Uh, What is in this agreement? Uh, The Minneapolis Federation of Teachers Union has agreed to a contract where, and I quote, white teachers will be laid off before teachers of color, regardless of their seniority. The agreement, which was reached to end a two-week teacher strike last spring, says that starting this school year, and I quote, if accessing a teacher, that's uh, firing, accessing a teacher, who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the state, read minority teacher. The district shall excess, read fire, the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an underrepresented population. There's a lot of word salad in there. It basically means if you're a white teacher and there's a minority teacher who has less experience than you, they will fire you and they will hire back the minority teacher. The agreement goes on to say, The district shall prioritize the recall of a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the district. So they take priority over you with seniority because you had the um, disadvantage, I guess, in this case, of being born white. The purpose of the policy is to solve for, and I quote again, past discrimination by the district, which the agreement said disproportionately impacted the hiring of underrepresented teachers in the district. 50 teachers of color will be losing their positions this fall due to cuts tied to enrollment losses. Gee, I wonder why there would be enrollment losses in Minneapolis. Oh, probably because the city has been uh, unable to recover from the George Floyd riots. Why has it been unable to recover from the George Floyd riots? Because nobody wants to live there because of woke policies like firing teachers and not rehiring them based upon seniority. So, congratulations. You've perpetuated a problem that you helped create. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.